Welcome to the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. I'm your host and teacher, Eddie Hyatt. I'm so glad you've joined me today as we continue talking about reasons to believe. You know, our faith is not a blind faith. That's the thing. That's, that's, that's I guess, what I want to emphasize this week. Our faith is not a blind faith. Uh, there, there is reasons to believe. There is historical, empirical evidence for our faith. And I've been sharing, particularly in regards to the resurrection, uh, reasons for believing. Yes, we take it by faith. We receive it by faith. But again, it's not a blind faith. There's reasons for our faith. Now, today I want to continue talking about uh, the resurrection. And I want to tell you about a, a British journalist who had an experience somewhat like the lawyer Simon Greenleaf. Uh, where he he was going to write a book showing that Jesus did not rise from the dead. But after studying the accounts, the gospel accounts, uh, very closely, minutely, and, uh, and comparing their accounts, he became convinced that, that they were telling the truth and, and they had seen something and that Jesus did rise from the dead. And he wound up writing another book. Now, his name was uh, was Frank Morrison. Uh, he was a writer, a journalist, and a printer. And uh, as a as a, a child, you know, he he believed in Jesus. He was a Christian, but uh, early in life, he got exposed to uh, liberal theologians, liberal Christianity, which questions the authenticity of the Bible and uh, uh, claims that the the New Testament was not written by the traditional authors, and it's filled with myths and legends and you can't but you can't you can't count on what the new testament says and uh as a result he became a skeptic and no longer believed in the miracles of jesus nor in his resurrection and so he decided to do some research and write a book about the final days of jesus life his intention was to demonstrate that jesus did not rise from the dead and he planned to publish his findings in a book entitled Jesus, The Last Phase. However, in carefully examining the testimonies of the four uh, Gospels and, and compiling his notes like Greenleaf, he became that Jesus was a real historical figure and that the resurrection was a real historical fact. And instead of writing a book disproving the resurrection, he wrote a book Proving the Resurrection, he called it Who Moved the Stone? In this book, he presented overwhelming logical evidence for the resurrection of Jesus. In the first chapter, which I found very interesting, he entitled, uh, the first chapter was entitled The Book That Refused to Be Written. The Book That Refused to Be Written. Of course, he's talking about the book that he planned to write disproving the resurrection. Let me read to you what he said. In this, in this first chapter, the book that refused to be written. He says, This study is in some ways so unusual and provocative that the writer thinks it desirable to state here very briefly how the book came to take its present form. In one sense, it could have taken no other. For it is essentially a confession, the inner story of a man who originally set out to write one kind of book and found himself compelled by the sheer force of circumstances to write another. 
It is not that the facts themselves are altered, for they are recorded imperishably in the monuments and in the pages of human history. But the interpretation to be put upon the facts underwent a change. Somehow, the perspective shifted, not suddenly, as in a flash of insider inspiration, but slowly, almost imperceptibly, by the very stubbornness of the facts themselves. What facts is he? He's talking about the facts recorded in the Gospels. He says, the book as it was originally planned was left high and dry, like the Thames barges. He's talking about the Thames River in London. Like the Thames barges when the great river goes out to meet the incoming sea. The writer discovered one day that not only could he no longer write the book as he had once conceived it, but that he would not if he could. Wow. Who Moved the Stone has gone through multiple printings and has been translated into several languages. Uh, Morrison wrote in such a detailed and logical style that many readers thought he was a lawyer. Many people have given their lives to Christ after reading this book. Many others have used it as, as inspiration and a reference for more, more work on the subject. The well-known atheist journalist turned Christian apologist Lee Strobel wrote, I owe Morrison a great debt of attitude, of gratitude. I owe Morrison a great debt of gratitude. Who Moved the Stone was an important early link in a long chain of evidence that God used to bring me into his kingdom. Lee Strobel wrote a, a very important book called The Case for Christ. And uh, he, he was a, a legal journalist or I believe it was the Chicago Tribune. In other words, he covered all of their and investigated all of their legal stories. He had some kind of law degree from Yale University. And uh, in his book, The Case for Christ, uh, he takes the claims of atheists and agnostics and takes them to uh, some of the best-known truly Christian theologians and gets their response. He also visited debates between Christian theo truly Christian theologians and atheists. And uh, he here's, he here's how he summed up. He found that the, the atheists, their arguments would wither in the face of people who, Christians who had really uh, done their homework and pulled together the facts of history and logic. He found the atheists would wither in the face uh, of of their facts. This is what he wrote. He said, in the face of the facts, he's talking about the atheists and agnostics, in the face of the facts, they have been impotent to put Jesus' body back into the tomb. They flounder, they struggle, they snatch at straws, they contradict themselves, they pursue desperate and extraordinary theories to try and account for the evidence. Yet each time, in the end, the tomb remains vacant. Wow. Now I'll, I'll close. I'll close out this series with this. And actually, this is. I'm just going to read what I have here. Uh, this is chapter eleven of of my new book, uh, Discovering the Real Jesus. And this is at the end of this chapter about the resurrection. Such overwhelming evidence for the resurrection of Jesus raises the question as to why there remains so much skepticism about this event. 
and other miracles recorded in the New Testament? Well, this question was answered by Miller Burroughs, a renowned archaeologist and professor of archaeology at Yale Divinity School and director of the American School of Oriental Research in Jerusalem, but also a true believer in Jesus. His, his work as an archaeologist had, had led him to faith in Jesus, confirmed his faith. And concerning so much remaining skepticism, especially among so-called intellectuals and in academia, he wrote, the excessive skepticism of many liberal theologians stems not from a careful evaluation of the available data, but from an enormous predisposition against the supernatural. What's he saying? Well, he's, what he's saying is that the issue is really not an intellectual one. The issue is a heart that is hardened in unbelief. The issue is people who have made up their minds of what they believe. And their attitude is, don't bother with me with the facts. I've made up my mind what I'm going to believe. So the issue is a pre-commitment to a materialistic worldview that has no room for miracles. For personal and emotional reasons, they will not let go of their unbelief, even in the face of contradictory evidence. However, for those like most of you listening to my voice, and like many of us, and if you haven't made your commitment to Jesus Christ, you too can sing this song. Because if you will follow the evidence, where it leads that so many follow, especially archaeologists. You too can sing, He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. And I pray that that resurrection life and power of Jesus, that is real. It is as real as anything else in this world and even more real. I pray that that resurrection life and power will be made real in your life today. And you will experience his life lifting you, transforming you, empowering you to be all that he would have you to be in Jesus' name. I'm Eddie Hyatt. This is the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. Uh, check out my website, eddiehyatt.com. And uh, these episodes are being a blessing to you. I'd love to hear from you. Check out my new book, Discovering the Real Jesus, available on Amazon and our website. I look forward to seeing you next time for another episode of the Eddie Hyatt Podcast.